0: This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our Date Night Download, a free resource that prompts healthy discussions with your significant other. Download your copy today at fullfocusplanner.com slash date night.
1: Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done. And finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs here with Nick Jaworski and Neil Samudre.
0: What? <coughs> what? Where are Courtney and Blake? What is happening, Verbs? Everyone's <laughs> panicking. <laughs> We've been probably abandoned. turned the podcast <laughs> off already. We're taking over. Really, what I think of is more of a, oh God, this is a here's this is Nick at night. Sort of an 80s reference. You know, on, on Bewitched, it, yeah. they replaced the husband. Uh, Dick York with Dick Sargent, I believe. Yes, there's a reference for you. Uh, but we're not replacing anybody, just to be clear. They're irreplaceable. They the are producer irreplaceable. Right. says that I feel like I should state that no one's being replaced. It's a busy, crazy world. We're filling in. We're hoping we're getting to share different members of the Michael Hyatt team. We're very excited to have Neil here. Neil, what do you do? What's your story? Why, how, how did you, know, you end I ask up myself
2: here? that every day? Like, what do I do?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But
2: I am the director of marketing at Michael Hyatt and Company for the Michael Hyatt and Company brands, which means everything that's not full focus, I direct the marketing for. Mm. (laughs) Which is the short summary. Other than that, you know, living here in Nashville, Tennessee, with my wife, my dog, and we have a baby on the way. That's fun. Congratulations! I didn't know that.
0: Excellent. This is very exciting. Yeah.
2: Courtney's going to come back from attorney leave, and I'm going to switch out with her. So she's going to be my replacement.
0: Yeah, there you go. I like, the, I like the confidence.
1: Way to bring it back around. I love it. So gentlemen, today we're having this, uh, this conversation uh, centered around relationships. And if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you this question. Have you ever wanted to write a relational goal, but not felt sure on where to start with that goal? Like you, were, you just didn't know where to begin.
2: Yeah. You know, I I don't have goals for my relationships because my relationships are perfect. They never need any work. <laughs>
0: um, That's the end of the episode. Goodbye, everybody.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode.
2: <laughs> I'm just playing, of course. Michael Hyatt and Company, we have this tool called the Life Score Assessment. I take that every year to assess my life and figure out where I need to set goals. And... You know, there are some times where I'm lacking in the relationship category, and I'm like, how do I fix this? How do I improve my score? And it's hard to wrap your mind around that. You know, I think it's so easy to come up with goals for work, you know, and money, all that sort of stuff, because this is sort of stuff that's fed to us externally. Like, we might have a big promotion on the line at work, or we might want to make a or hit a financial milestone you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to create goals in those areas, but with relationships, it takes a great deal of awareness to notice that uh, yes. you need to improve your relationship and it takes a great deal of knowledge and insight
0: to know what to do. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I don't think that I really considered it until I started working with the Full Focus Planner or just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I talk a lot about, I before I was using the planner, I spent like a year and a half in Like once a month in a room with Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt-Mill. I mean, think about my access to these people that you know. And I was still kind of going, this isn't for me. And this, you know, it took, you know, I was a hard sell because of my own sort of limiting beliefs about what I could accomplish or what I could do. And I don't think that if the system hadn't highlighted the value, you know, there's spots in your planner. You know, if you're not using a planner, you can just remember this, right? There's spots in your planner about relationship goals. I don't know that I would have considered it, and it is really helpful to be able to focus on something that, of course, your relationships, all kinds of them, your spouse, partner, children, coworkers, neighbors, extended family, all of that's so, so important, And but because these other people don't demand of you as much, I mean, if you have a baby, they do, but because it's so easy because they want to give you grace, they want to give you room, they don't have the same demands on you as your boss at work or you know whoever so it's right. it's sometimes hard to recognize you need the plan but if you didn't know now you know here we are man so i want to touch on
2: that so are you saying that because they don't have the same demands that maybe the motivation for setting the goal is missing
0: yeah well if the motivation hmm. is is immediate right you're going i need to do this because they you know my boss told me x so i got to do x and i got to do it now because my wife is nice <laughs> and we, she trusts me and right. she didn't say you have to do this right now. You know, it's just like the dynamics are so different and we, the, the yeah. trust is different. Uh, so yeah, we got to like, we got to seek out and then look, well, we have to look within ourselves for that motivation, which is a little sad. I don't mean that to be negative, but it does, it is sort of a little jarring to go, why am I having to remember this? Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's why we're here.
1: Yeah. I think it could be said as well. Just as you guys mentioned that, you know, if it's not a relational goal, most of the time it's like a performance goal that we know it's quote unquote easier to hit and then, um, or accomplish that goal and then know that, okay, well, I either missed it or I didn't versus knowing that it's a relational goal that we can't necessarily control the goal because it's, it's involving another person and we we don't quite know how to gauge. Are we being successful in this goal?
0: Michael likes to say, that you never drift to a destination where you want to be. And actually recently I was sitting on the couch with my beautiful wife and we were, the kid had gone to sleep and we were on our phones or whatever. And I just like looked up and I was like, I'm going to die someday. <laughs> did you really <laughs> say that? I did. And I was like, and this is what we're doing. Like, I really was like this, like in the, the grand scheme of like where this is headed. It's not a surprise where we're going. And I don't want to have to look back on this and go, "Man, I'm glad I, you know, was on Twitter for an extra ten, fifteen minutes that night." So there is an element of where do you, you know, knowing where it's going. I know that's so dark. <laughs> I know the really next lead-in for my.
2: I know the next lead-in for my next date night. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna sit my wife down and say, "Hey, we're gonna die someday."
0: Uh, to be fair, I said I'm gonna die someday. <laughs> so. But, you know, that idea of drift, you know, there's a, a few ways for you to know if a relationship is in drift. And and again, this is any kind of relationship, not just with our spouses, but kids, coworkers. You know, you feel like you're just kind of going through the motions. Maybe every day you find yourself doing the same thing or every weekend you find yourself doing the same thing. You've stopped being curious about how the other person's doing. You take for granted just they're fine. They're upset. Whatever. It's the normal. Um, you just don't feel connected to them in the same way. Oh, we used to have such fun doing X. so I remember we used to laugh on the phone or whatever it was. And the last one is pretty obvious. You just miss them during this time, this pandemic, that's a big one. How many people we got in these habits of visiting or seeing or going to coffee or whatever, and we we that's been taken away from us, and now we're just we're just missing them. But the good news is, Neil, you know this, oh yeah. The good news is is that, You can just plan it out, get it back on track. And the best way to do that is just setting a goal.
2: So obviously the reason why we're all talking about this is that one of the ways that we could start to think about setting goal relationship goals is considering our time, right? Because the way we invest our time, it reflects what we care about. I think there's so many of our listeners right now who Don't know if they really need to set a goal again for their relationships because, as we were just talking about earlier, it's hard to have that awareness about hey, is my relationship in drift? And I know, Nick, you touch on a lot of those reasons, but you know, there was one thing that you said about quality time that I just love, and you know, this is something that my wife and I we're always constantly being aware of is hey, just because we're in the same space, it doesn't mean that we are having quality time. You know, right now, my wife and I, we are double income, no kids. We just have a dog. We have a baby on the way. But like, it's easy when you're in that life stage to just think that your relationships are good, right? That Mm -hmm. you're every night seems like date night because we're always together. But just because we're in the same space doesn't mean we're having that quality time. And- you know, a lot of the ways that we, my wife and I measure quality time is face-to-face interactions versus shoulder-to-shoulder interactions. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. Like, Nick, you that example you had when you were sitting next to your wife and you said, we're going to die someday. You're on your phone. Like, <laughs> that's a shoulder-to-shoulder interaction. You're, you guys are side-by-side, probably doing your own thing, probably watching mm-hmm. TV, but... My wife and I like we like to measure quality times by the amount of face-to-face interactions we're having where we're just truly engaging one another. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're really thinking like, "Hey, I haven't had enough face-to-face time with my spouse, with my friends, with my parents." You know, that's a clear sign that it's time you should it's
0: time to set a relationship goal. Now, verbs, you've got so many bodies in that house. Uh, <laughs> one way of putting it. Doing so many things. We're just living creatures trying to make our way through this chaotic yes, world. Small you ones. know, how do you how do you manage your relationships? I mean, you got relationships at work, you got relationships that you know, how are you making sure that the time is being scheduled in your life for the relationships that are important to you? Yeah, man, that's um that's a great question. And I think
1: even as kind of Neil was just talking about this, well, I'll say this. I'm I'm probably wired as an introvert, meaning I do charge better when I'm just on my own, my own thoughts. I can recharge like that. My wife is different. She likes to recharge around other people.
2: Yep, same same with our.
1: Same setup. (laughs) Um, But the thing I realized, it's funny, um, last year when this whole uh, lockdown happened and everybody was quarantining and all of that, and we didn't have the same amount of access to be face to face with people. For the first few weeks I was like, "Man, this is this is pretty amazing. I don't have to go out and interact, it, you know. Uh if, you know, nobody's scheduling meetings or anything like that, it's like, man, this is like an introvert's heaven." But around around about the 2-month, 3-month mark, I found myself starting to desire to have that face-to-face time with just people, you know, outside of being on Zoom or outside of just being on WhatsApp or FaceTime on the phone or anything like that. And so but what it's forced me to do is I think exactly what you mentioned, Nick, on the couch with your wife is look, at some point we're gonna die. Or did you, you also know, think say about that to it? Your wife? <laughs> I did not. Um, I did not. But it did make me process the time that I am spending when I'm around the people who are my closest relationships. So my wife and my kids. I had this thing um that I thought about at the beginning of the last year was instead of just making a yearly goal for my relationships with my kids. I was challenged to think 10 years ahead. So, you know, my daughter would be 18, you know, my son would be 12 or, or or 13. So, by the time we landed in 2030, what did I want to see or where would I want our relationship to be? That way I can work backwards and really seize the moments of the time that I spend with them because eventually Either they're going to move out or, you know, I'm not going to be here, whatever the case may be. So how can I maximize on the time now and not just waste it or let it all go to, you know, scrolling through feeds on the phone and that sort of thing? Um, So I think just being in the same space, especially during the lockdown, it forces us to be creative in what we do and to not just settle for just spending time frivolously, um, you know, on our own in separate rooms and that thing, that sort of thing. So,
0: Well, here's a question for either of you. How... Do you schedule time like this? Like Where we use a smarter framework, we're planner users. What does this? How, what does that look like? And how do we make sure the time gets scheduled? How do we structure our goal? Well, I think one
2: way we could start to set goals around our relationships and really think practically, how can we set aside time, is to break it down into like habit goals, right? So a habit goal could be, for example, spend at least one hour with my kid every weekday. You know, that's, that's a habit goal because it's something that you want to do on a recurring basis. Another example could be write my college best friend one letter before the last day of each month, you know? Or go on a walk with my spouse every evening. Like these are habits. And that could be one way of thinking about time is what habits do I want to install and who are the people that I want to
0: have these habits with?
1: Let me ask you this. What are some of the favorite ways that you have to spend time with the people that you love?
0: So for us, you know, we have a weekly movie night on Friday night, which is actually, I know it's a little shoulder to shoulder, Neil, but it is organized (laughs) by our 11 year old. We have, it's called the JFFFF, the Jaworski Family Friday Film Festival. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I love that. he has to he has to like organize like we'll, we, we, you know who's choosing for the next day mm-hmm. and what do we watch it's all got to be settled because one of the things of course is friday night comes around you remember talking about the 90s you remember standing in blockbuster for four hours <laughs> trying to pick the movie you're gonna watch so there's no time for that in our busy life so we do that right. the day before
2: yeah i personally love one-on-one times with people mm. yeah you know i am the life of the party you guys know that we yes. know this. We <laughs> yes. say it all the time.
1: It's official.
2: <laughs> but I do prefer the one-on-one times with people and those are like my favorite uh moments with people. So if I call up a friend like, "Hey, let's go grab a coffee." Like that's my favorite time. Now, I'm doing less of that now because, you know, global pandemic. <laughs> oh, word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's this global pandemic raging around the world right now. So I'm obviously spending less time one-on-one with people. And usually when we do spend time one-on-one, it's six feet apart and with a mask. But that's how I love spending my time with people.
0: Mm -hmm. What about you, Verbs?
1: Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned movie night. Um, I think that became a a newfound tradition just in our home. Um, And again, it is kind of the shoulder-to-shoulder. But beyond that, I think... So this last uh, season of Mandalorian, we all oh, got yes. in front of the couch watching on a Friday night. And we'd actually look forward to that every week
2: because yeah. everybody
1: was in the same room. But then it actually gave us conversation around the show, what was happening, even some of the st- the plots and the storyline. So it created just conversation as a family around, you know, these episodes of The Mandalorian. So um, that became like one of our favorite things to do on a Friday night as a family.
2: Yeah. Um, I, let me just say, like, you, both of you guys made the distinction like, yes, those are shoulder-to-shoulder times. But I think shoulder-to-shoulder times are great when it's an experience like that. Like sure. making an yeah. experience of something like a Friday movie night. An experience is something that you look forward to. It's something you enjoy. It's something that bonds you with other people. And it's something that you can look back on and remember. So I think it's fine if you make an experience of things.
0: Yeah, and a movie night doesn't work quite as well if no one else is there. Right. Like it really does. I mean, you can watch the movie by yourself, but there is something about the togetherness of it that works well. And what we found is that, you know, because we're rotating who chooses and and whatever, is that there is an element of being able to expose each other to interests that we each have. You know, if you're always defaulting to what does the kid want to watch or what does the adult want to watch or whatever, you end up with the same stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. that in and of itself has been really nice to go, oh, I would never would have watched this if not for the JFFF. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so if you feel like you don't have time for a relational goal, you know, that might be a sure sign that you actually need one. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not something that, again, no one's, no one's force. Your kid's not really usually going to force you to hang out with them. Your, your mother probably is like, he's so busy. I remember that, but. If you don't have any of these goals and you're saying to yourself, uh, I don't have time for any of this, then things are probably a little out of balance.
1: And the opportunity is right in front of you to develop a relational goal. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. What
2: an opportunity.
1: So category number two is knowledge. Now there can be this assumption that we're just supposed to know that people just are born with this ability to cultivate these fantastic relationships, but that's not the case. But what we know or think we know is also limited by our experience. In fact, we could think we know things that are actually just flat out wrong. but the good news is we do have access to more information on how to build healthy relationships than than probably than ever before in in history. Um, but if there's an area of relating, that you've noticed that you struggle with. And there's probably a resource that exists that you can uh, use to help expand your knowledge. Um, Neil, I don't know if you, I know you, you do a, I'm assuming that you do a lot of reading, whether it's articles, books, or you consume, you
2: know,
1: (laughs) you consume these, these resources just to kind of, you know, help, help you along in with the things that you set as far as goals wise. Is there anything that you kind of lean on that would speak to the relational aspect
2: Let me just say this, and this is probably a plug for my wife, but my wife is a therapist. And it's just the best being married to a therapist because-
0: You know, (laughs) hold on, Neil. Before you finish that sentence, that to me sounds like the answer of somebody who is balanced. I think some other people would go, it sucks to be married to a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm saying that's like a real check in your favor in terms of having done the work to be able to say that.
2: No, man, people always ask me, what is it like being married to a therapist? And I'm like, it's the best because they, they have the best listening skills and they have this like encyclopedic knowledge of how relationships work and what's healthy in life. And if I'm having a problem with a relationship of mine or if we're having conflict problems, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like my wife, Carly, has all the knowledge in the world about healthy relationships, like uh, just what it means to be vulnerable and why it matters, sure. uh, how to become more resilient to shame, uh, how to notice your triggers in relationships. Like, I I live with the wealth of information. <laughs> so that's one resource I lean on is my yeah. wife. Uh, but other than that, because... You know, we are a very therapeutic family. You know, we talk about therapy all the time. Our bookshelves are littered with books on relationships and how to make them healthy and, yeah, just how to be vulnerable, how to be emotional uh, and transparent in your relationships. So some, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, Boundaries by mm-hmm. uh, Cloud and That's Townsend. Um, safe People by Cloud and Townsend as well. Radical Candor, Kim Scott. Yeah. Daring Greatly by good old Brene Brown. Rising Strong, Brene Brown. Uh Scary Close by Donald Miller. Like these are just great books that have really helped me in my journey.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. I mean, like you mentioned, there's books uh that we can use as a resource. Obviously podcasts can also help us in this area. But we cannot say podcast and and not pass up on the opportunity, Nick, to just kind of pick at your brain a little bit. Oh man, you have a you have a podcast called Shame Rules.
0: I do. Um, I do currently. Uh, currently, you know, tell us
1: tell us about it. What, what kind of things are you tackle?
0: I did show? not. I truly did not expect this kind of plug. This is exciting. It's here,
1: and we're <laughs> here now, and, and you will shamelessly.
0: You can I send know. us money after this episode for no that plug. Pun. But, you know, I mean, just to take one step back, you know, it's funny. I do have a lot of shame over that. I don't think I read as much as I should. But then when I really think about it, I listen to so many podcasts through all day. I mean, and I think that sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things, the time Mm -hmm. and how we choose to spend it. And if you're sitting there going, well, I want to focus on my relationships. There's so many podcasts. Um, You know, there's um, Where Should We Begin by Esther Perel. Um, that's about marriage. You know, we've got Unruffled by Janet Lansbury. It's on parenting. Unlocking Us is a Brene Brown podcast. We know that so she's good. She's a, a, a wealth of information. And, you know, Shame Rules, which is, you know, my show. But it, it is really about, you know, shame is an important part of how we have relationships with those around us and with ourselves. So, you know, obviously I recommend that. And and Verbs, you have a podcast that is also about relationships in a way, Correct. Uh oh, double plug. Um, I
1: do, I do. Double plug. You got me touche. <laughs> um, but yeah, we I I worked on a a podcast um, a while ago called Today Is Tomorrow, just centered around you know fatherhood and how can we really maximize on the time that we spend as dads with our children, considering the fact that you know as we grow as people and we grow in our relationships, you know our children are going to do the same thing. They're going to have seasons to where something shifts and they grow up, and then we you know we would need to adjust our. Parenting and, and how we approach our fatherhood by paying attention to those seasons in both of our lives. So, um, so yeah, that's that's another podcast resource uh, those, that's out out there for you.
2: Yeah, I think the point is, if there's anything you don't know about relationship, there's an expert who knows it, and you can that's access it. their knowledge, their insight pretty easily.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, let's hop to category number three, which is skills. You've considered the time, you've considered the knowledge, and now let's work on the skills portion of it. Relationships require more than just knowledge. Obviously, we know that, Uh, but you can have all the head knowledge in the world, but it doesn't do you any good if you're not putting it into practice. You can create a goal around practicing any relational skill that you want to improve. For instance, you know this is something I've, and trying to uh, get better at, it's just question asking, Um, making sure that I'm inquiring, you know, whether it be about my wife's day, whether it be about my kid's day at school, uh, but just inquiring and engaging them in that way. Um, That's just something, again, for me that I'm trying to implement, um, be more consistent in implementing in my own relationships.
0: So something that I've been working on, I feel like I'm a pretty good people person, but I grew, thank you, Neil. (laughs) <laughs> so are you. So are you, Verbs. Look at this. We're engaging. So nice. <laughs> Positivity. But one thing that I've really been working on and very aware of is that I grew up, you know, with a lot of, had a lot of guy friends and, you know, there's a certain energy, I think, to that at times. And one of the things that as I've gotten older, I've noticed is that I'm very, very quick to interrupt a story with a joke or a digression. You know, someone's trying to tell me something and I go like, "Oh yeah, it's like that thing." And it's like, "Not the time <laughs> for that." Someone's trying to tell me, you know, uh, it could be my mom, it could be my brother, it could be my wife, it could be the kid. Mm. And it's like, "Oh, it's like that other thing." And it's like, "Just wait." And by the time, but I, it's something that I really, really am focusing on. It's not as, you know, it worked kind of well with a bunch of like 19, 20-year-old guys who were just like trying to be the funniest. But when you're trying to establish and maintain these relationships that you need to, like, survive, it gets in the way of it. So that's what I've been working on.
2: Man, so good. This makes me think about uh, the importance of expressing your emotions. I think that's a skill. And, you know, again, my wife is a therapist. I wonder how many times I could say that in this episode. (laughs) Oh, she is. (laughs) Yeah, she is. (laughs) But I feel like we are – good at expressing our emotions just because like we always talk about emotions and how they show up in people. And so we always have those breakfast conversations about like, hey, how do you feel this morning? How how are you feeling right now? And we do that a couple of times throughout the day of like, hey, just checking in. What's up? Like, I know you had that hard thing at work. Like, was that okay? But I think that's a skill to Mm. grow in your transparency and express your emotions with your spouse, with even with friends, with your parents, just doing that emotional check-in.
0: So, Neil, how would we convert that into a habit goal?
2: So maybe it could be do an emotional check-in with my spouse every Saturday morning after brunch or maybe even every day during breakfast. It seems small, right? Because it's yeah. a small action. It takes like 10 seconds to ask that question. But if you really zoom out, And it's actually a really huge goal. Like this demands the significance of a goal because this is important. These are our most important relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So something as simple as doing an emotional check-in with your spouse, with your friend, with your parents, whatever, uh, that's important. And I think that could totally be a goal.
1: So most goals around practice should be habit goals because it's a repeated action that creates a long-term change in our behavior. Let's uh let's hop into category number 4 which is new adventures. Category number 4 which is new adventures. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, being together that can be meaningful, but it's taking it that step beyond and saying what are some exciting things that we can do? Together.
0: So early on in this pandemic, we moved. Once it kind of became clear that schools were shutting down, we were like, let's go now before the market figures out what's happening. (laughs) So we moved. (laughs) And so that, so, but we've all been locked in. And then, you know, at some point, I was like, oh, we got to get out into the world and and do something. And I don't know why it happened, but between my son and I, uh, we set a goal that we were going to go shoot off um, like Diet Coke two liter bottles with Mentos. Um, or a Coke. That was like a thing that he wrote in his planner and yeah. that I had to, it was like, we're going to build a launcher. We're going to test out different kinds. We're going to do these things. And that was literally written on his student planner as something to do. And that's something that he still referenced. You know, it's gross and that's sticky. Awesome. We got to go to a big old abandoned parking lot and just shoot all this stuff off. And people drove by or like, Oh, that's so cool. You know, it's the kind of thing that you might do at school, but no one was in school to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like an example of just, you know, or here's a fun thing. Uh, this is all about my son. So I'm sorry, everybody, but I think it applies to people for, no, for up, to adults as well. Yeah. Uh, one time I was like, you need to do something fun this week. You need to do a new thing. This is all the same. So we like brainstormed, uh, just like words essentially. And then we came up with the phrase bike party. And it was like Friday, you're throwing a bike party. And he's like, what's a bike party. And I, he's like, I don't know. We don't know what a bike party is. And let me tell you, I swear to God, that Friday, without any of my – I said, if you throw a bike party, I'll buy pizzas for it. That was my only part of it. Without any planning on my part, like six kids show up with their bikes and speakers and a tent. They got a tent from somewhere and tables and snacks. And they friggin had a bike party. I want to have a bike party. That's so fun. (laughs) And they rode around and they brought a ramp over. And it was all kinds of fun stuff. And it really was just about being intentional in setting the goal, writing it down, even without certainty as to what it might look like, has provided some of the highlights of this pandemic. Man, that's so
2: good. Three years ago, I set about uh, creating a relationship goal for a new adventure. Um, Around that time, uh, I had just let go of my business. I was just joining Michael Hyatt and Company and just being intentional about the year i knew it was going to be tough right like i was kind of mourning letting go of the business while also balancing that with the excitement of joining michael hiding company and so i was intentional and i said hey let's have a vacation together because i also acknowledge that in my business i wasn't living the double win and there were times where my relationship suffered so i was being proactive that year and i said hey Let's go on a vacation together this year. Um, I made that relationship goal. My wife and I, we went on this awesome cruise. It was great. We came back refreshed and refueled, but that's an example
0: of a new adventure. Verbs, what about you? You got any new adventures in there?
1: Well, I actually set this as a goal last year, is just to be able to spend more creative time with my kids individually. And um, so what that has looked like is you know, my youngest, he enjoys building, you know, anything with Legos. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, we just went, went to Starbucks, uh, it was him and myself and he brought his Lego box with him. And so we just built, you know, whatever we, whatever we wanted to build, you know, out of Legos sitting there in Starbucks with a, with a cup of hot chocolate. Um, but it's those, because we don't, we don't really do that often as far as individually. Uh, but for him and me, it meant, it meant the world just to be able to spend that time and continue to cultivate, you know, our relationship as uh, as father and son. Um, so that's one of my goals this year to continue to do that with all of my children uh, more consistently this year. All right, folks. So the good news is you don't have to watch your most important relationships drift. You can create exciting, effective relational goals by considering four categories, time, knowledge, skills, and new adventures gentlemen uh do you have any final thoughts for our focus on this listeners
2: so i'm curious just because valentine's day is right around the corner what's your spiciest valentine's day advice that you could give for our listeners
0: go oh god oh my gosh during a pandemic <laughs> yeah keep it PG. Uh, yeah that's uh you know here's card. what i'll say uh, this uh, is that we actually have started doing more meal planning in my house, which is a little tangential to this point. But one thing that we did over winter break, which is relevant to this, is uh, we learned how to make uh, tonkatsu ramen from scratch. In this house. you have the coolest yes. household. <laughs> and the significance okay. of that is that our first date where she lied to me about having been to had ramen before was to a ramen restaurant. And so we took the time. And so every, like, we've done it a couple times now and we're about to do it again, you know, cause you can eat it once a week. It's really filling when it's cold and other stuff. But there is something about, I think, planning to make a meal. Maybe it's a meal that's significant to you or maybe it's the meal that like, we have all these dreams of the things that we would want to go eat when we can go out again. <laughs> so maybe an idea might be to, to do something like that, like make it together and be excited about sharing that and eating it and, and learning. That's my, that's my thought. So good. What about you, verbs, Neil? You got one? Oh, more verbs. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know if this is going to be helpful for you, Neil. Just depending on you know. Uh, <laughs>
0: sure, it
2: is.
1: You and your wife, and that's just how you how you, know you <laughs> roll. But um, we actually try to not do something on Valentine's Day just because everybody else is doing something on the day. So figuring out which end of Valentine's, whether it's that weekend or before, just so we can have a little bit more you know space to actually enjoy you know the holiday itself but saying that to say whatever you do make sure you plan it like actually plan what's about to happen how it's going to happen and um, and go from there I
2: feel like a plug for the planner should go there
1: <laughs> the <laughs> the plan it in yeah, a full that,
2: focus planner right if now if it's not
1: in your quarterly preview already make sure you sneak that into your weekly preview because it is coming it is approaching quickly
0: Neil what about you
2: yeah you know I would say that Valentine's Day is not your opportunity to have a business meeting with your spouse or partner, right? Because mm. I think that people, they look to these milestones to uh, have a romantic occasion because they're not around each other a lot. Sometimes they like look forward to these milestones, but then we can, when we're celebrating deal with the sabotage of starting to talk about like business matters of family you know like oh when should we do this or did we pay that bill <laughs> or yeah. uh, what's going on next week again what are we doing tomorrow you know these are like business matters and I don't think Valentine's Day really has room for that I think uh, the gift of Valentine's Day is that it's time where you grow in intimacy and have those transparent conversations and I think just having business conversations sabotages that.
1: That's good. Well, thank you for joining us on Focus on This.
0: This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember to use the hashtag, hashtag Focus on This Podcast.
2: And be here next week for another great
0: episode. Until then, stay, stay, stay focused. Focus. Focus. Perfect. First try. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do you need another one? No. We're good. Okay. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our Date Night Download, a free resource that prompts healthy discussions with your significant other. Download your copy today at fullfocusplanner.com slash date night.